Hello and welcome to Sporté. As always, I'm your host who puts the Tay in Sporté, Taylor. In the studio with me today is Western Bulldog Will Hayes. Will Hayes arrived at the kennel as pick 78 in last year's NAB AFL draft. He capped off an amazing 2018 VFL season, winning the Footscray Bulldogs Best and Fairest and VFL Team of the Year selection. Welcome to the show, Will. Thanks, thanks for having me. No, thanks for coming in. But before we get started, can you tell us three facts about yourself that we probably don't know? You probably know that I'm an identical twin. Yes, I'm a twin too, so we yes. can relate. However, I'm fraternal, so we don't look alike. Yeah, I'm identical, so Jade is my insurance policy. So if, <laughs> if anything happens to me, he's the next one in line. I've got a weird addiction to hot baths at the minute. Hot like, baths? Yeah, just like hot tubs, hot baths, just having a crazy amount of them at the minute. Perfect in this winter weather. Literally. <laughs> not a nice bath, though? No, nah, no. So that no, wouldn't no. help with your recovery after a game, would it? Nah, because the science is, I'm a big believer in this, so like you've got to be in water there's a debate about the temperature so ice baths make my teeth hurt like I'm just no good at them so I'll just I'll stay away from them. Do you add a nice bath bomb to your baths? No just hot water nothing fancy. (laughs) (laughs) And um, a third fact I was a plus size jockey before I got drafted pretty much. Well incredible I'm kind of mind blown about that. So now we've found out that one you're an identical twin, two you love baths, hot baths and three you were a plus-sized jockey, which I'm sure we'll talk about later in the episode. Yeah, yeah. So let's get into it. What an incredible story you have had. So having played for the VFL side for the last five years, did you ever think that you would one day move to the AFL side? Um, there was definitely always like a little underlying bubbling sensation of hope because obviously as you get older, the chances get less likely. But um, I towed the line pretty close to getting drafted probably the last three years before I finally did. So I never really lost that belief, but my window was definitely shutting pretty quick. Did you ever have doubts that you wouldn't make it? Oh, definitely. I think everyone has doubts. It's human nature. It's just a matter of how you handle them. But there's so many blokes that are really good footballers that could be on AFL list that miss out every year. It'd be the normal for someone to get overlooked that was close. So um, I didn't feel special by um, missing out, to be honest. How close were you to giving up? I definitely did get close to giving up in 2017, the year before I won the BNF. I came second that year and um, sort of sort of showed the dogs everything that I could do. And um, I sat down with my parents and I was like, oh, I want to go back into our family business, which is horse racing full time. And they actually sat me down and they're like, you're in no rush. Just give it one more crack and see what happens. Maybe after next year, we'll agree with that. But I've, I definitely felt like I was at a fork in the road when I was 20, 22, turning 23. Yeah, I was, I'm glad they took me into going another year. How did you get that motivation back up for 2018? I found the ball a bit. I was pretty lucky where I'd, I love the sport. It's my passion. It's my hobby. I'd play for free. And I enjoyed trying to see how good I could get. So I was pretty lucky that the VFL Bulldogs is a really good program. So it wasn't exactly hard to stay in that environment. Like, I loved it. I loved the, I loved my teammates. I loved the coaches. I loved the club. And it was just like a dream come true to continue my AFL progression at the club. Do you think the team selectors noticed you after your cracking 2018 performance? I was sort of on their right, radar. I knew from the end of the 2015 season when I won the goal kicking as a youngster. And then I moved into the midfield. And just by happenstance, um, when you're an older player, mature age, you sort of got to wait for an opening in the list. So I was a small forward midfielder and we didn't need them. They were recruiting big men from 2015 to 2017. And in 2018, as soon as a midfield spot opened up, they grabbed me. So it was a matter of, as it turned out, persistence and timing and obviously consistent growth on the footy field. The Bulldogs list manager, Sam Power, and recruiting boss, Nick Austin, so they finally gave you a chance with their final pick last year. 
What was the feeling like when you heard your name being called out? I actually never heard it get called out. You never got, You never heard it? No, you weren't watching? I was, I was in bed. So I'd, I sat on the couch the whole time. Because it was like a live draft system, it was real different. I didn't quite understand it. And I was pretty lucky to have a number of clubs express interest, and five of those were interstate clubs. So I thought that I could very... Like, it was a very real chance that I had to pack my bags and go into state the next day. So I wanted to watch it. And don't know if you've ever watched a draft. It's yeah, I definitely have. It's very long. And very boring. <laughs> and so a massive emotional roller coaster. So, like, every time a club that's expressed interest in you comes up as a pick, you're sort of, your, your heart's in your throat sort of thing, just not knowing what's going on. I was sitting there, and I was under the impression that when the Bulldogs passed, they couldn't re-enter the draft. And all the clubs had passed that had previously expressed interest, and then the Bulldogs passed. And I was like, oh, that's me done. I'm going to go to bed because the rookie draft was three hours later. And I was like, hopefully I go on the rookie draft. If not, mm-hmm. I'm going to be a horse trainer sort of thing. So the only way I pass time, I've always done it, is just go to sleep. It's like the best way for me to handle stress. So Did I'm anyone? a snoozer. Yeah, you're a snoozer. I'm a snoozer. Wow. So, yeah, when my name did get called mm-hmm. out, I was um, I was just lying in bed staring at the ceiling, just like playing out scenarios in my head. And I heard mum just go off in the kitchen, mum and dad. And then she actually showed the quickest turn of foot. She was the qu- first one to my room. I, and by the time I got out, I sort of didn't understand what was going on. And like her and my two brothers just about decked me. And they were just like, you've done it. You've got drafted. And I was just like, oh, my God. So were you surprised when you heard those screams from the kitchen? Yeah, just pure confusion, really. <laughs> and then, and then, like all the emotions came out and stuff like that, because it was like it's been quite a persistent journey to get there. So. I bet you couldn't sleep afterwards. Oh, I was pretty excited. Yeah. It must have been like wow, like head spinning, like oh, so definitely. excited. Well, like, it's a full career change to what I was doing, so yeah. it was awesome. So, what did you do afterwards to celebrate? The Bulldogs had a drinks for all the new players that got drafted so we went to that and then I had training in the next couple of days so I didn't exactly go buck wild but I um, yeah I went to bed. You did say your life did change after the AFL nap draft night, how so? As I said in my facts before, I was a plus-size jockey. My dad's a horse trainer, so I used to ride track work for him. When I was 15, I wanted to be a jockey and then puberty hit and I put on 15 kilos in in a year and that quickly went out the window so I'd focused on football but when I didn't get drafted when I was 18, um, obviously I had to get a job. So I worked for Dad, which I love. Like, I love working with animals and stuff like that. So my job pretty much was um, the alarm goes off at 3.15 in the morning. You're into the stables by four, mucking out boxes, doing stable work, riding out, looking after the horse, and then going home at 10 a.m. and probably off to uni. And then before footy started at 4 p.m. So that was my wow. that was my lifestyle for about um, five years. A massive day. But what made you pursue AFL and not go into the family business and horse racing? Well, outside of horse racing, my passion's football and my dad's passion's football as well. So I had his blessing. So it was definitely, it definitely came down to my parents' blessing to allow me to pursue it for so long. But while I was at uni, they were happy for me to play football um, on the side so long as I worked and completed my subjects. So it was, it was very much a negotiation. I was just lucky I had their blessing, really. So your older brother and also your twin, JD, they've gone down that pathway. Do you ever miss not working with them? Oh, all the time. I love animals. Animals are so good. They don't, they don't talk back. <laughs> they, <laughs> they don't talk back at they, all. They're not very moody. Like they, yeah, they're, they're awesome. I do miss working with animals. Um, it's actually in my contract. I'm not allowed to ride anymore. You're not allowed to ride? No, I'm not allowed to get hurt. Like yeah, it's a, they can void your contract if I was to fall off a horse. So it's just not the risk. It's not worth the risk at the minute. So even though riding a horse to me is a bit like riding a bike, 
but it's something I do miss, but I wouldn't think twice about giving it up again if it if it meant I could have the year that I've just had. What has your transition like been from VFL to AFL? You've got a lot more time in the day to complete training. Getting there in the morning to train, having an hour break for lunch, then doing weights and then doing edits and massage and treatment and physio and everything in the back end of the day. They're longer days, but they're slower days, if that makes sense. Whereas I was sort of used to like work, uni, football, just getting everything like bang, yeah. bang, bang, like done. So, so now AFL is your job. Is like my football job. is your job. Yeah. Whereas the VFL, it was kind of like just a hobby you were doing to yeah. try and make it into it. Yeah, definitely. So I'm definitely one of the luckiest people ever because my job's my passion. So yeah. I definitely had to get used to the um, downtime though. The only negative there is you can't ride horses. Yeah. But do you visit your brothers a lot? Because they don't live with you now, do they? Nah. JD lives up in Euroa. Ben lives in Port Melbourne because he runs the Flemington stable. But I try to get into the stables as much as possible. I try to do it about once a week, going and watch a bit of track work. Since moving to the AFL Western Bulldog team, who has been the biggest mentor for you? I've been pretty lucky in terms of, because I was at the club for five years before I got picked up, I had a really good relationship with just about everyone on the list. I'd played every game. I think before I walked in, I'd played a game with everyone on the list, but Liam Pickin at the time. So like, and everyone else had, Liam Liam Pickin and Bonson Pelly were the only two that I hadn't played a game with. So in terms of needing a mentor, they're all great, just being really welcoming and engaging. And, like, it's really family sort of club, like, really welcoming environment. But I was pretty lucky that I had strong established relationships from day one. Like, well, it wasn't really day one. It was day 888 for me. (laughs) Would you say that you were lucky to be chosen by the Western Bulldogs and not by another club? Definitely. Really fortunate. It definitely gave me a head start in terms of hitting the ground running. Like, I had a great pre-season, loved it, learnt a lot develop myself physically, I'm sure it would have taken a bit more time to settle in if I went interstate. And then in April, you made your debut against Carlton at Marvel Stadium. What was that feeling like when your coach, Luke Beveridge, told you you'd been selected? I sort of got a cold shiver down my whole body. Like, I couldn't believe that it actually happened, to be honest. And I sort of just let that sink in. It was after training, and he called us all in, and I thought we were about to cop a, stra- a spray because we hadn't actually trained that well. Like, there was a few sloppy skills getting about. I was in the middle. So I knew something was up because over his left shoulder I saw a camera. I was like, something's going on here. And then he's like, oh, Hazy, you're debuting. And I was just like, oh, my God. And everyone went off. And it was just, it was awesome. It was an awesome feeling. an incredible feeling. Like, all those years of hard work finally paid off. Wow, actually done it. Young's debut was that day as well. Yeah, so I got to share it with one of my teammates, which was awesome. Walking out on the game day in front of a massive crowd, what was going through your mind? I was actually surprisingly calm, to be honest, just because I'd done a lot of preparation in terms of what I expected that moment to be. And it was everything I thought it would be. And so it was nothing new. And by the time the ball bounced, I was just playing another game of footy. Yes, you've got a lot more people telling you what to do when you get it. And the screams are incredible. But I quickly adjusted to the game. I actually had a pretty good first quarter. Yeah, you did. You played incredible, even though Carlton lost. Did it make you hungrier to play and be selected as a regular? Yeah, oh, definitely. To know that I could play a reasonable game at the level was very comforting. Like, I wasn't completely out of my depth. It wasn't like someone just put me in the deep end of the pool. I sort of was able to swim a bit. So that definitely gave me a little bit of confidence. But, yeah, it was it was awesome, those five games I played early in the season. I learnt a lot in terms of the grind of AFL, per se, from week to week. So it was easy to get myself up for one game, but backing it up for week after week was when the real challenges sort of set in. What's one thing that you've taken away from your first game? The team really benefits when you back yourself. No one benefits when you go into your shell. From my first game, I sort of took out that you always got to bring your self-belief, no matter the situation or context of the game. The Bulldogs are finals bound. They've played some incredible football the last three weeks. What's it like to be finals bound in your first year? 
it, pretty surreal to be honest. I was very much the focus was week by week at the club. I know that's the most footy cliche you could ever use, but we had to win <laughs> all three games to qualify for finals. So we never really, as a group, we always addressed it, but we quickly went back to the process as to how we're going to get there. So when the final siren went at Ballarat, it was kind of just like, whoa, like, this is going to be cool sort of thing. So, And to do it my first year at the very start of my AFL journey is just so lucky. There's some blokes that don't play finals for the first six or seven years of their career. So on the 7th of September, you were playing the Giants in an elimination final over at the Giants Stadium. How will the team prepare for this matchup? Considering the Giants, they came in sixth on the ladder and you guys came in a cheeky seventh. Yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely a cheeky seventh. Yeah, you scrapped it in, but hey, your finals bound. We'll take it. Better than eighth. Yeah. So we actually played GWS two weeks ago over there. I think it's almost the same time slot as well. So we're going to be doing the same routine that we did when we went up over there. It was almost a dress rehearsal for this final. They're going to have a few key-ins, like Jeremy Cameron, the Colin Mellis, I think, is coming in. And they'll be wanting to really perform because we touched them up a bit over there. So it's going to be a seriously tough game. But do you think it's a bit of a disadvantage, you guys not having a home crowd, especially for finals? Oh, the crowd's massive in terms of support and getting you going. But uh, we're pretty lucky that the Bulldogs Army normally travels wherever we go. So I wouldn't expect it to really feel like an away final at Spotless Stadium. So we're pretty lucky that our supporters are happy to hit the road. How do you reckon you guys will go? I'm an optimist, always an optimist. Glass I don't, half full? Yeah, oh yeah, all the time. We love so that. I, I, don't see, I don't see the way the style of football we're playing and the way we're playing for each other, why we can't go all the way. It's also been a big week for the club. It was announced that your teammate Marcus Bontempelli had won the AFL Coaches Award for the first time. So he's voted best in the game for 2019 by the AFL coaches. And then on top of that, it was announced that he, along with some of the other dogs, Josh Dunkley and Jack McRae, had been selected in the All-Australian squad. What's the vibe been like at the club after these announcements? Yeah, it's been awesome. Like, everyone's so happy for the boys. Bont is an absolute freak. Like, I'm not surprised he won that award at all. Like The stuff he does, you're sort of just standing like, whoa. And that's the same with Dunks and McRae. Been on a wing. I have front row seats to that All-Australian show in there of midfielders like Bont, McRae and Dunks. I'm just watching them go to work and it's awesome. The club's obviously gaining momentum these last three weeks and then obviously now. Do you think this will help your finals performance? Oh, it won't hurt it. The recognition was deserved, not given. So they know what they did to get there. They're professionals, so they're going to approach the game exactly the same as we've approached any other game, as a must-win sort of line-in-the-sand sort of game. So then in round 21 with the Dogs' 104-point win over Essendon at Marvel Stadium, you would say your performance was probably your season highlight to date. You had 22 disposals. 14 kicks and 8 handballs. You had 7 marks and 2 goals. Do you think you have a chance to be selected for the September finals? Um, definitely a chance. We're pretty lucky that we've got a few boys returning. It's a few uh, very, very talented footballers and Libba might be coming back. I'm not sure where he's at and Dixon, Tory Dixon, one of the good forwards, will be coming back. So whether or not I play, I'm not, I'm not too sure. But it's a really good time to be a Bulldog because our VFL team's also looking really good for finals. So... I've always said I'm excited every time I pull on a, a Bulldogs Guernsey, whether it be AFL or VFL. So uh, it's going to be exciting next couple of weeks. Talking about that Essendon game, you actually got to play against your best mate, Zachary Merritt. What was that like? That was so funny. Yeah, it's come a long way from him in uh, us in year 10, like playing hallway footy and whatnot. So it was awesome. It was, I didn't really get to stand him until the fourth quarter. And, and we'd kind of wiped them clean and it was, it was sort of just a cheeky pat on the back and like a wink and then we just caught up after the game and it was just like, it was, it was pretty cool. 
not many people get to say that they played an AFL game against their best mate. So you were mentioning that you had a twin. How good has it been to have his support this year? And yeah. does he want to play AFL one day? Uh, no, the AFL dream's not for him. Never really has been. But he's so supportive. He always provides an awesome bit of perspective when I'm getting a bit too serious about football. Sort of lets me know that it's just a ball and it's just a game sort of thing. He's, as I said, gone down the horse training path. So he wakes up at 2.40 sometimes every morning uh, or 3.15 if he wants a little bit of a sleep in. But he's um, working some seriously long hours at the minute. So I would not be calling that a sleep in. No, not at all. Okay. Yeah. But So you did say you were identical. From memory, I did see, I think it was in The Age or was it The Herald Sun, they wrote in a great article about you and they accidentally used a picture of your brother JD playing football instead of you? Yeah, Is that true? I, 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 I think that did happen. It happens all the time. I uh, remember I um, read about it and then when I was promoting this episode, I was so scared... <laughs> I was going to do the same thing, that I actually went into your tagged Instagram photos and made sure that you were the one tagged and not your brother. Yeah, we, we are pretty similar. And um, it's quite funny because the, the people that know us quite well can tell us apart, like drop of a hat sort of thing. So they pick it up straight away. But for people that see us like once a year sort of thing, it can be pretty tough, especially if we're not together. And when you saw that picture of your brother instead of you, what was it like with your family? Oh, it was so funny. I think we've kept it. It was... It was it was actually it happens all the time, as I said. Like when we both started playing VFL, they put out VFL badges, and for two years in a row, they put my face with JD's name and JD's <laughs> face with my name. So like it, the mix That's up so always funny. happens. And we, every time it happens, we love it. Like so good. You did mention you're a mature age recruit. You've had a very special story. You're very lucky. You're a success story for the Footscray uh, VFL team. What is your advice to all the other football players, well, the older football players who are trying to make it? Um, really, just to just hang in there. I'd say. So what I did was looking at the deficiencies in my game. It's often not one thing you have to get 10% better at. It's often 10 things you have to be 1% better at. So you're often not as far away as you think. And um, keeping open dialogue with coaches and um, everything like that to work on your game is probably the best best advice you can do. Either way, even if it doesn't um, eventuate and you're getting picked up, you're still going to be the best footballer that you could have been, which is a win. And having had a taste of the AFL now, what are you going to do differently in preparing for the 2020 season? I've been doing some work with a strength coach about constantly trying to get better um, with my game. So um, I'm going to try to get quicker as I've got the aerobic tank in terms of I can sort of run all day. I'm pretty lucky like that. So I need to get a little bit quicker and a little bit stronger. So I've identified areas of improvement with the strength coach. I'll continually refine my diet. I'll work on different routines, different strategies to self-calming and stuff like that. So there's always little personal development areas that you can always tinker with. When you were kicking those goals in front of those massive crowds, what was going through your mind? Don't miss. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Head down and kick through the thing. So yeah, you probably can't swear on this. It was a little bit more. It was a little bit more than that. Yeah. Because kicking two goals against that Essendon match, that's absolutely incredible, especially for a first year. Yeah, I was just, yeah. I'm glad I finished off my work because I was bloody exhausted by the time I got the ball in my hands. <laughs> So let's move on to a little bit of fun. Yeah. So I've launched a new segment called Ask the Athlete, where we allow our Instagram followers and also, well, your fans, the opportunity to ask you the question. Yep. So before we get into that, last week I had Zachary Merritt come into the studio and one question that someone wanted to know was, if you had to be stranded on a desert island with one AFL player from another team, who would it be? And you came up, you were the chosen one, and I want to know, would you take him or is it a one-sided friendship? (laughs) 
Yeah, no, I probably would take him, to be honest, just because, like, you know him so well. Um, I definitely wouldn't take Billy Gowers. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, this one's next question's a goodie. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Billy would be awesome on the Stranded Island, so I'm just taking the fierce. But, yeah, no, nah, nah, probably Zach as well, to be honest. Well, talking about Billy, I also had him on a few weeks ago. Yes, he's your teammate. He's a very funny guy. I absolutely, I absolutely loved having him on. But one of the questions I asked him was, which teammate is always late to training? Oh, he replied you were and that you weren't in the good books with the coach because of it. What's your response to that? Yeah, I've gotten a lot better at setting alarms. So <laughs> I, was a, I was a chronic snoozer. Traffic always used to do my head in because like, I would allow t- 30 minutes to get to um, training one day and it would take 40 and I'd be 10 minutes late. So like, I've just now I leave an hour early and I'll, I'll always try to be early. But yeah, I had genuine anxiety for a while there. I've always been late. <laughs> and it was only like one or two well, minutes. It was noticed. Yeah, it was oh, noticed and noted down. <laughs> it actually is like it, every time I rock up somewhere everyone's like hey there I'm on time <laughs> so hearing this what would you like to tell Billy um he threw you under the bus do you have any words for him oh no nah, I'll, I'll get him back in the locker room so let's get back to ask the athlete Instagram Jordan Todd asked who is smarter you or JD Definitely me. I got, the, I got the high VCE score, so that's oh. it. That's the deterrent of intelligence. But well, I got the low one with my <laughs> twin, so I would disagree. Yeah, some would argue he's more life smart, but I've got the points on the board with the VCE score. <laughs> she then also followed it up. Who should we back for the Caulfield Cup this year? Hashtag boom time. Oh, boom time was a horse of ours that won a few years ago. <laughs> so um, if, if we're looking to buy a back one from our stable this year, I'd probably say a horse called Sick and Darabad if he gets a run. But it's a very hard race to bet in. Instagrammer Tom Scott Collection asked, what is the best bet of the week from the stable? Uh, I'd say a horse called Vega Magic in a very tough race. Oh, after this, I'm definitely going to check out sports bet. (laughs) (laughs) JJ Coots asked, what has been the most challenging aspect in the transition from BFL to AFL level? Time management, I'd say. Allowing time to do your hobbies and not be fully consumed by football um, has probably been the most challenging thing for me, which um, hasn't been... Very challenging, to be honest. It's been a really good transition. Unofficial account of Charlie Puth said, so the dogs have had some pretty convincing wins in the last few weeks. Coming to the finals with winning margins of 34, 61 and 104. Has there been a change in the kennel coming into finals? There hasn't been, actually. It's just been um, probably that constant building of belief within the group. And um, it's amazing what self-confidence does. It goes a long way, especially when you've got 22 blokes buying into the same game plan. So a lot of teams aspire to it, but very few teams actually succinctly nail it. So I think we've just lobbed into a pretty good rhythm of working together as a 22. So I think this one's a bit of a personal joke. Instagrammer Max Price wants to know, who is the better bloke? Ben Hayes or Max Price? <laughs> so I assume Ben Hayes is a cousin of yours. He's my older brother. He's your older, he's your older brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yep. And Max Price, obviously, is one of his good mates. He's one of our really good family friends. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to go Max. Max? Yeah. Wow, sibling. Um, we have a bit of a punch-up now. Oh, oh, no, Max is a saint. <laughs> <laughs> and then Nick underscore Bearing asked... Oh, what did good. you learn from your coach when you played at Euroa in 2017? <laughs> J- 
JD was the coach in Kiro 2017. So pretty much that coaches don't really know everything that they're talking about. But nah, yeah. Bearing, um, he's a funny man. <laughs> so wait, why were you not chosen to be coach and JD got chosen? Because I was, I was still um, at Footscray in the VFL. <gasps> yeah. So in the buys, I went back and played for JD. So, oh, wow. Yeah, that was good fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I reckon JD has a bit of, he owes you a lot there. <laughs> You've got a bit of loyalty to um, your brother there coming oh. back and playing. Yeah, as you understand, it's a twin thing. It's a twin thing. But, Will, thank you so much for coming to the studio today. We can't thank you enough. Like, you have an incredible story, very inspiring, and we just can't wait to just see where you go and where footy takes you. No good, worries. Good thank luck you very for much. Finals. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Sport Tay. We'll be back next week with more.